A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm okay. I'm. I think I'm finally getting over the crazy adrenaline rush mm-hmm. that was Wrestling Media Con and our performance that was right at the end of the weekend. So we couldn't relax. No, no. I mean, we were told by one of the promoters of the event that uh, he considered us one of the big draw tickets. That we are the main event. And That's that- what we should call ourselves: the main event, Ollie Davis main event Luke Owen the other guy Luke Owen because we were the very last panel on the over the whole weekend so like we were put above Dave Meltzer with Kenny McIntosh we were put above the stars of WOS we were put above Pat Patterson and Dave Meltzer doing having a little impromptu chat no they decided let's end this whole weekend off with WrestleTalk and Cultaholic sort of improvising things on stage because they've only briefly talked about what we're going to do and then we'll end with this big wacky dance at the end. Well, I think that's it. It was the it was the finale was the dance routine which I guess made us pull our fingers out and actually go to the dance routine lessons. When I told Pachiti uh about 2 weeks before that we were going to have dance lessons, he was like he laughed. <coughs> he went, "You're really doing that?" I thought you were just joking. I was like, "No, no, no. I'm I'm terrified." Yeah. And he was like, yeah, fair enough. It was one of these cases, and some people mentioned this on Twitter as well. And I I tend to agree with this. And I'm not trying to throw shade at the other lads. But I think it's a good job we lost. Because I think that us losing meant that we, we put on a better show, a better performance, than they probably would have done. Hey, I don't know. They could have done a really cool dance routine. You say that, though, but Ross did essentially say to us, I'd have quit the channel if we lost, because <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. It's crazy. That, like, their punishments are awesome, though, when they do their things. Yeah, but they're recorded and they're edited. I think, like, Ross, it was like you backstage. Both yeah. the pair of you were a bag of nerves before going out. And he just kept telling me, he was like, oh, I don't like doing live things. Mm. Oh, no, man. Yeah, me and Ross are on the same level there. Yeah. But, like, Jack does the... Jack's done the CM Punk primos, pro- promos. Yeah. CM Punk pipe bomb promos there we go. we got outside the King's Cross yep. granted we saw him shortly before that and he was getting smashed yes gonna say but he was like oh I've got to have a few drinks so I can get through this man yeah uh, I I made sure I was liquor free yes. the whole of Sunday yeah and I had a, a relatively early night the night before I'd stopped drinking very early on the Friday 
Yeah. Yeah, we had decided it was almost a bit of a pact that we wouldn't have a drink before we went out there. And then we could enjoy the beer once it was all done and dusted and all the adulation had been poured upon us. Did you feel this is a weird thing to criticise the venue for? Did you feel like the the alcoholic refreshments were too cold? <laughs> no, I mean, I was going to say too expensive. Bloody can of red stroke was four quid. Hey, that's that's a bargain that from where blood, I go. That were bloody years. And a can of red stripe's a quid? You're talking about four pound. Four pound for a can of red stripe. You did the Liverpudlian accent intentionally. No, that it just comes out of this sometimes. No, right? yeah, a little bit. It, no, no it, that was that was a work. It wasn't a work. That 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 was a shoot. Like when, it, when I get a little bit more high pitched, that usually, is usually like, when I'm going to get a bit outraged about prices. That is like in a romantic comedy when the evil girlfriend of the guy that the girl wants to get with, who's all prim and proper all the time, maybe she's actually from in like England, and then she gets really rageful at the end, and that's when the facade drops, and she's actually a cockney. And everyone's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that happens she's... so many times in romantic comedies, it? It does. I literally <laughs> watched it happen as a convention rip in 30 Rock the other week. <laughs> uh, but overall, I thought it was a, uh, a tremendous little event. Uh, a couple of teething issues on the first day, technically wise. Um, microphone issues, I believe it was. But I, after that, the event ran really, really smoothly. I thought the wrestling was very good, particularly on the second day. The Impact Show was a lot of fun. So the Impact Show was really fun. Unfortunately, I missed it all. I, well, I missed it. I missed the first half essentially, which is oh, the, shame. So the Impact Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we only got in there. I only got in there from LAX uh, versus Fleisch and Storm, which was amazing. So so good. I met Jody Fleisch beforehand for oh, the yeah? first time. Yeah, I met him for the first time after the match. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm introduced to him, and they go, "Oh, this is Ollie." And he looks at me and went, "Oh, nice to meet you, man." So you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, so he had no idea who I was. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're talking a bit. And we all know that Jody doesn't know what I do. Mm -hmm. So the person who introduced us very kindly went, oh, this, you know, he's from WrestleTalk, by the way. And he went, oh, <laughs> do you jump around the screen a lot more usually? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I adored you. Yeah, I, I adored you as a youngster. <laughs> he walked past me and because like, so after the Impact show finished, I was leaving and the guy who was running the event just ran up. Like, I was like, hey, man, you know, thanks for the event and this and the other. And um, he was like, oh, actually, can I grab you? Uh, there's someone who's just had a business inquiry for WrestleTalk. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, a guy wants to buy some magazines. And we'd packed up everything. Yeah. And so I ran down and I was like, right, what, mag what magazines do you need? I don't even think we had a float sorted out or anything like that. And uh, he was like, oh, I think it's three, four, five, three, four and six are what I'm after. Ono and two as well. And I was like, okay. So I was like finding stuff out for him. But then he was like, well, actually, can I have a look at the, the other covers? Because I need to make sure I, I have got those ones. I'm, I'm after like ones in particular. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, we're all being kicked out. I've got an Uber that's on order. Like, uh -huh. I need to go get me Uber in a minute. Thankfully, some of the other WrestleTalk lads were there. But as, like Jody Fleisch then walked past me and I was like, oh my God, Jody Fleisch! And I, oh, I, thought, I thought this was all going to be a big thing where it's actually, you look up and it's actually Jody Fleisch <laughs> like, ordering things. He's ah, ha, ha, Luke. He didn't even recognize me. <laughs> no, it didn't go uh, that far. But, um, I mean, if anyone wants to know, sort of like the inner workings of how Ollie and I and, and Fakador work together as a trio, when we're putting together our ideas, we put together our itinerary of things we want to accomplish over an event like this where you are surrounded 
all day long by wrestlers who love being in front of camera. Sometimes they're a bit tired, but generally they do love being in front of camera. That's what they do. That's what they do for a living. They love performing. And we suddenly thought to ourselves, oh, what we should do is we should get some of these wrestlers to go in front of camera and say, support WrestleTalk. Give them a subscribe. Give them a subscribe. You know, probably the easiest thing to do. Easiest thing Just to a do. Thirty second on a phone. Don't thirty seconds. Don't even need thirty seconds, mate. It's about 10, 15 seconds. Jarrett so- needed. Jarrett needed multiple. <laughs> Jarrett forgot what he was doing several times when I did it with him. But these are, you know, these are guys that are just like. Um, I'm just joshing, by the way. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was is in. I know we've we've made fun of the gold stuff in the past. But he is tremendously nice in person. Yeah, he was quite nice when I met him. I, I shook his hand backstage. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. I, I didn't get a chance to say yesterday, but uh, my name's Luke. It's nice to meet you. And he was like, hi, my name's Jeff. And I'm like, I know that. I figured, yeah. yeah I figured. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had this idea, brilliant idea, because a lot of the times when you approach these guys and you're like, would like to record some with you, the first question they're going to be is like, how long is it going to take? And this, mm. but this is brilliant. 15 seconds. We had this idea just before Impact started, which was basically the last thing in the show, and most of the wrestlers had gone home. Yeah, Rev, all the Rev Pro and Japanese guys had gone home. Had gone home. And the rest were performing. Yeah, so, and we were like, oh yeah, we probably should have done that when we were mm. looking for things to do earlier in the day. But a testament to how easy that idea is to execute. I got five. <laughs> I still managed to get five intros in, in about ten minutes. <laughs> Imagine if we were professional and did that sooner. We could have got so many, because there were loads of them that were just sat yeah. backstage that would have been willing to do them. I was so, trend, like, so, I got tunnel vision about two ideas that I really wanted to do, and that was rating things with Dave Meltzer. So it wouldn't just be matches, but I'd slowly, like, start saying Robbie Williams' late 90s pop single output or What Women Want, starring Mel Gibson. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this bag of sushi from Marks and Spencer's. But he was tired and we could never make it work. And we were really busy on the Sunday when we were meant to do it. And the other one was getting uh, uh, Eli Drake to walk as like dispelling uh, supplement myths and workout <laughs> routines. Yeah. Where, and we, I wanted him to rub some protein powder into his biceps. Yep. Yeah, we just didn't make those work. But I think that's... I, if I wasn't focusing on those, we would have had a lot... Loads more like better ideas sooner. Loads more uh, idents. Yeah, been like, hey, I'm so and so, star of such and such, and you're watching Wrestle Talk. Give them a subscribe. We're going to exhaust our idents. The, the five that we've got. In, yeah, yeah, by the end of the week, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, short sighted is yes. the is the kind way of putting Some it. Some might our say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to hear? And I haven't told anyone this story. My, um, slight, uh, my Rusev hey that I had you got a Rusev well we had loads of we Rusev had Rusev Hayes but this was a Rusev Hay that I had on my own mm. and it's not really so much of a Rusev Hay but I don't know if we've had this what have we got for like Rusev Hayes that are like really embarrassing that's still Rusev Hayes yeah yeah okay so I, I just want to hear my quick Rusev Hay then yes so where we were recording stuff was up it was above the um, sort of the halls and everything. It was this, the upstairs. The yeah. upstairs. It was the cantina bar, and it was designed to look like the cantina bar from Star Wars Episode mm. Four: A New Hope. It was really weird. Like you walk up there, and you're like, "Well, I didn't expect to see this up here." I'll be honest with you. It's a strange venue. Strange venue. They got like life-size mannequins, like dressed up like all the characters. Very, very odd. Um, 
They've also had a giant Slimer in there. Did I tell you about that? No. Yeah, like behind the bar. You know when we filmed the stuff with Sue Young? Like I found this ginormous, like life-sized Slimer statue oh that had God. like a really pronounced buttocks. Like they, they had molded this so he had a very pronounced buttock. Maybe it's a private toy. Maybe, well, they put a big cloth over it on the Sunday so I couldn't see it. That is uh, an incredibly niche <laughs> piece of kit. But anyway, so... I had to go downstairs and grab something. I can't remember what it was. But either way, I, I went to go downstairs and someone walked up the stairs and they were being flanked by someone. And I suddenly realized, oh, no, I've, com- I've cut them off and they've had to stop. And it was Pat Patterson. Mm. And instantly I just, I just went, oh, sorry, Pat. And he went, that's okay. And then I walked downstairs and I just thought to myself, I mean, I haven't introduced myself to him at all today. He's no- he has no idea who I am. And I've just gone... I've called him by his first name, A. I'm going like, sorry, Pat. As if, like, that's Mr. A... Patterson, you should yeah, have oh bowed at his feet. Right, like, oh, my God. I apologize, oh, so, sir. So, so sorry, Pat Patterson. Well, like, I, what, anything, but I was like, oh, sorry, Pat. As if I knew him. Yeah. Like, as if we were mates and everything. Like, I'd have said to Kenny, like, oh, sorry, Kenny, if I'd have just stopped him. Oh, what, if we were mates? <laughs> if we were mates with Kenny. But it was, it was a moment that I got to the bottom of the stairs and I was like, oh, you are an Idiot! You absolute idiot! He, I mean, Pat? He, no, <laughs> you can't stop yourself. <laughs> so yes, that was my uh, slightly embarrassing Rusev Hay of the weekend. Well, we've got plenty more stories. Should we get to them well, in the? Well, outro? we have, and I'll be honest with you, but I'm going to like try and tease people of the outro mm. because we've had an update on Jogging Gate. Oh. So, oh my. So we'll dive into oh that. Oh my. My man. So we're going to dive into that uh, after this Raw review where we're going to be opening with Mick Foley's return to WWE and his role at Hell in a Cell. Well, on Raw last night, Mick Foley's return was pre-announced. Although, you know, usually when a legend comes back, it's to promote the Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H thing at Super Showdown. But no, this was... For Hell in a Cell, which I, you know, I knew was happening, but with Evolution and Super Showdown and everything else happening, it's kind of been media con. (laughs) It's kind of been lost in the WWE promotion shuffle, and this did feel a bit like a a hail mary last minute where someone goes, "Huh, it's twenty years since that Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and Mankind. What's Foley doing?" And give him a call and he comes along. And he cuts what I thought was an excellent promo. Really was a great promo, yeah. Uh, But yes, it's Foley announced that he'll be the special guest referee for Reigns versus Strowman. And wasn't like... Reigns versus Strowman was put in a Hell in a Cell just in a backstage segment. That wasn't... That stipulation hadn't been announced already, had it? I think it had. Oh, it had. I mean, mean, I've been awake, so I don't know. But I assumed it had already been announced. In the same way, I think there's some confusion over whether or not Strowman has cashed in Money in the Bank to get the shots. He handed and over his briefcase. That, that's there, that's but, a truth. But I've even seen some people say that wasn't the cash-in. He's just had to hand it over. and that hasn't. That's just So he's got a title shot, but he's going to get the briefcase back. No, as far as I understand it, this is a cash-in. Yes, that's what I can understand. because heels are nefarious, maybe Strowman handing over the briefcase to Baron Corbin another heel yeah. was actually a ruse but it is as far as I can tell it it was announced as a Hell in a Cell match a couple of weeks ago mm. that'd actually be pretty good if Stro- well, I don't want Strowman to lose but I think he is this Sunday uh, but you know in, in a month or two's time Roman's just lying down 
beaten at the end of a Raw or a pay-per-view, and Strowman just walks down with the Money in the Bank briefcase and Baron Corbin, and everyone's like, oh my god, <laughs> it was a swerve. Is that your impression of WWE fans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. good, yeah. Um, so I, I thought this was bizarre in the sense that this was like the third to last segment on the show. Because mm. it was this, then the Elias match, and then the Braun Roman segment right at the end. That was Bobby Lashley working out, <laughs> if you want to call that a segment. Yes. So this was like the third to last segment on the show. And just and Mick Foley was just like, it's been 20 years since that Hell in a Cell match, and I'm going to be the special guest referee. And then had no interactions with Roman or Braun. Braun mm. just happened to mention, I don't care that Mick Foley is the special guest referee. And that's it. So it's one of those really weird stipulations that they've just added in at the last minute that you would have thought, if you'd announced this four weeks ago, you could have built a storyline around it. Totally. Built, built up this, like, Mick Foley and Hell in a Cell and how much, like, Hell in a Cell means to his career, how he, you know, made his career inside Hell in a Cell. He made the match infamous with that King of the Ring match from July 1998 with The Undertaker, and his career was ended by Triple H at No Way Out 2000 inside Hell in a Cell. Kind of. Kind of. But WWE rewrite history all the time. You can easily just say his career was ended. Yes. Officially at that, officially. At For the that first point. time. For the first time at that point. So you can like build all this thing mm. around it. Maybe build some angles between him and Strowman. Build some tension between him and Roman. Then when you go into the match, there's a storyline you can work around with Foley as the special guest referee in the scenario. But here it's just, now nah, mix there, mate. By the pay-per-view. I completely agree. This is like this is a good idea. Great idea. Mick Foley in the like as the, the special guest referee for a Hell in a Cell match with Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. Versus 20 Braun Strowman. Sorry. <laughs> I get flashbacks every Thinking now of WrestleMania last year. Yeah. With 20 years after that famous match. That's like such a nice bit of poetic symmetry. And like you said, there's so many ways that can be interwoven into the storyline to make all this feel a lot more succinct. And not contrived, not like a, hey, buy the pay-per-view because this is also happening. I spoke to Stephanie. Yeah. Like, and she said, fine. Like, actually, it will feel more like a proper storyline, which is unfolding. Like you would watch a, a drama and a narrative because you could have Foley going up to Roman saying, hey, you retired The Undertaker, sure. But that was, I guess you can't say that's The Undertaker of 2018 because... The Undertaker is always the Undertaker. Like, time has no effect on his abilities. Especially at Super Showdown, mm. which is coming up next month. Yes. And then you can say, yeah, but you beat The Undertaker. I, The Undertaker destroyed me. But Strowman is unlike nothing I've ever seen before. And you put yeah, over Strowman that way. You can have Strowman saying, like, what The Undertaker did to you 20 years ago at Hell in a Cell is nothing compared to what I'm going to do to Roman Reigns this Sunday. Yeah. Or, you know, in two Sundays from now. And if you get in my way, I'll do the exact same thing. I'll throw you off the cell again. I have no qualms doing that. I don't care. Build anything, really. Mm. But this was, it just feels like it was thrown at the last minute. Like, they just decided today. Ah, Mick should be the special guest referee in that match. Yeah. And now it, it's, it just seems like a really pointless addition, well, which, is a, which is a shame. So not a pointless addition. It's just like it's an addition where a lot has been left on the table. A redundant There's So addition. much potential yes, with this. exactly. Uh, but what a promo from Foley. So good. Because unfortunately, the last time we saw Mick Foley was him being emasculated by Stephanie McMahon from 2016 through to 2017, first Raw GM of the brand split. And... It, it was really tough because I love Foley. He was, 
like he was just my guy when mm-hmm. I was growing up as a kid. I wanted to because he was the, Colt Cabana spoke about this at Wrestling Media Con. It was like he he would see Cabana throw himself sorry see Foley do all that backyard wrestling stuff. And he'd be like, hey. Not everyone's larger than life. That's what I do. That, he's like me. Yeah. And that you get behind in that way. And that's a huge part of Foley's success. And to, to, see, to, to have seen him just be chipped away and play second fiddle to Stephanie. And, you know, those, like, forgetting lines. It's, it was just, it was so horrible to see. But occasionally, he would go, okay, I'm going to cut an excellent promo even if the content isn't necessarily there. I remember when Cesaro and Sheamus were first in that best of seven feud and he went crazy. Just, you need to get together. You need to become a tag team. I see something in you both. I'm like, I don't believe what you're saying because this is, I think it was, I didn't, I wasn't into that storyline, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a hell of a performance. Yeah. And Mick just went from zero to t- like crying in, in 20 seconds. And that's kind of what happened here. He just came out and, he was so so emotionally driven, yeah. Uh, and all he he was only really playing off Elias. Yeah, and it was I, the use of Elias. I guess was because apparently Elias was there for that King of the Ring match. It was in his hometown. That's what he said in this promo. Was just like I was there. I watched you get thrown off that cell. So I guess that's why they had him do the promo with Elias. But at the same time. Elias has got nought to do. A, he hasn't got a match at Hell in a Cell, and B, he's got nought to do with the Universal Championship match between Roman and Braun. So it just seems weird that Foley was like, "And here is where I'm going to reveal that I'm the special guest referee." Like, yeah. not even to break up a fight between Braun and Roman. It's and that's why I feel like it. I don't, pointless is a, such a a harsh word to use because, hey man, I like Mick. You know, I like Foley, and him being a special guest referee is you know it should be a big thing but it feels pointless and as, as i said that is a harsh word to use but it feels pointless because it, it was made an announcement at the third to last segment before the end of the show and in, in a segment that had nothing to do with either man who's actually at the show or in the match i th- i think pointless is is the wrong word redundant I, like ineffective ineffective go yeah, on let's because, go with that yeah because Hit, you know it's potato, to- potato it's totally a point uh, but like yeah, you were, you were so close to that last segment <laughs> where all the guys in the match were. <laughs> just, just, you know, just, just wait, have it there. Just wait a little bit, Mick. Uh, as you're right, I was fully expecting him to interrupt uh, Triple H when he did his promo. Because mm. they announced, like, Triple H is going to cut a promo again uh, about The Undertaker because we haven't seen that yet in the build-up for this match that's I not happening yet. it's a hell of a build, though. Well, I, it's, I'm it's had, loving it, the Undertaker Triple it's H. It's had build. more build than anything at Hell in a Cell. Like they're so much more interested in that match than they are anything else on the in the company at the like, moment. WWE, you finally get it right, and you do it for the the, the wrong thing right now. It's Actually, that and that that's unfair. They're also really interested in the Bella Twins. Like, yes, that, they're also really building that match that they're going to have at Super Showdown mm. as well with Ronda, and we'll get onto that. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things they're really interested in at the moment, and those are the two things they're really pushing. Uh, just one more thing on the Foley thing. This was the night of video packages. <clears throat> yep. I, I was frustrated with them. I thought they slowed down the show. I totally get that you want to promote your your pay-per-view, but do it in a more dynamic way that doesn't feel like a pre-show. And this should be like the hot go-home all-action. No video, Not as many video packages, at least. However, the, the video package they had advertising Foley's appearance later on with the Hell in a Cell recap and you know the interview with Terry Funk, I was like, oh, God, I love this. It was it was really good. <laughs> so good. I, I mean, I will disagree with the video packages though, because I I've complained many times on these shows and and in general life that they do the video packages 
on the pay-per-views themselves or on the kickoff show, I was like, it's a bit late now. Like, you mm. should have shown these on Raw and SmackDown to try and build some interest in them. So actually, I thought the video packages were ace. I thought they did a much, a really good, effective job in making you, A, want to watch SmackDown, which yeah. not as many people do. It does have a smaller audience than Raw does, and B, makes you want to uh, see Hell in a Cell. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Raw opened with McDolphman coming out nice. with their so this is Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Strowman. They've got a name now, have they? Yeah, they, oh, they, the, they, they said it about a thousand times in this promo and then on commentary. The dogs of war. So they're the dogs of war, yeah. or are all the heels the dogs of war? No, uh, Braun says that these two in particular and him are the dogs of war. The big dogs of war. Well, and big. then you've got the puppies of war outside, <laughs> yeah. the Yorkshire Terrier yes. of war. So, you yeah, know, they're the dogs of war. Right. Well, they. So this is, you know. But the, <laughs> I don't. Uh, they're, they're a Franken team. They are here because the Shield need opponents. Yeah, like that's the only reason this team exists. And it is, it is very transparent. And it's, it's every time they come out, I'm reminded because it like with Dolphin Drew. Anyway, that never like apart from their tag team moveset, 
I still feel like they're a Franken team. Oh no, I don't. I, I totally bought them as a team because they, when they debuted and Dolph brought drew up from um, NXT, and like their whole shtick was just that you guys have got, you know, we're going to run this show now. And Dolph's whole thing has always been about like shooting on the fans and being like, hey, you guys don't care about me. I'm so much better than any of you give me credit for. And then you got Drew as well. I always thought that actually as a team and as a unit, they worked really well together. Even with the record scratch. I. We'll never get over the records, yeah. because it is one of the worst parts of uh, their their act. Well, I'm for me, I'm still like Drew and Dolph is just a little package to get Drew over, and eventually Dolph will Thanos away again. Uh, so I, for me, I I still feel like they're a bit of a Franken team, and then to add Braun Strowman on there, that's even more like contrived. And when they all came out at the start to open Raw, they line up at the top of the ramp to Braun's music that's playing. Braun looks to Drew, looks to Dolph, powers up, and they all do the Braun roar at the same time. And we both went, that was a bit lame. Was totally lame. And I, <laughs> I thought this was the first time they'd done it. But only in getting some images for the news from last week's roar, they did it there as well. And I was like, I totally don't remember them doing it there. But it is lame. Yeah. It is super lame. But what's even lamer uh, is the, and it's just lazy writing. They come down to the ring and they are followed by. I guess all the heels from Raw, Authors of Pain were out there. Kurt Hawkins was out there. Drew Gulak again. Drew, was he? Yeah, Drew Gulak was. I spotted him. Uh, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, uh, Sunil Singh. And, and they're all coming out. And then there's Kevin Owens at the back. And I'm like, it's it's like WWE are telling you, here's our main feud. It's, it's Mac, McDolphman and The Shield and the various combinations of those matches. And then you've got the Ronda Ra- whoever Ronda Rouse is facing. Nothing else matters. Everyone else is subservient and can take a break from whatever intense blood feud they're working in to come and be props for other feuds. And that's that. It's, it's problematic for everything, Authors of Pain and Kevin Owens in particular, but really for Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, they've, although he did some work to... To, to, to make ground back on just returning last week with his explanation later. I, it's, it sucks. Uh, the Authors of Pain is another one, and you mentioned them there, that like later on in the show they had another squash match where like, oh, the Authors of Pain are so destructive, they're so dominant. I was like, well, they, were just, they had their asses kicked by the shield earlier in the night, so I don't think they're that destructive and dominant. It's like a three-on-one man advantage <laughs> that the big heel team had yeah, against the like Shield. 25 of them out there, and the Shield just came down and were like, none of you guys matter. What they needed, Luke, was four police officers. <laughs> That that's the shield. Like they just get a nasty stare, yeah. some stink eye, and then the shield will leave raw. Yeah. So I, I said in my review, it's 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 really like the Chitari from Marvel or any of the Marvel movies where you have a big army of faceless like minions, yeah. and it's purely so all the the Avengers can beat the crap out of them. Loads, yeah, and so you get loads of big set pieces and spots. And so you makes... don't have the Avengers just fighting Loki. They've got an army they can fight yeah. beforehand, and they do it in a lot of mar- like they kind of set the template Marvel, and then every other sort of like big Hollywood movie has kind of copied that. Like the Mummy did it, and Power Rangers did it with the Putty Patrol. Obviously, they had, they did it first way back when, but they did it there. Justice League did it with their their guys as well. So it has become this sort of staple that yeah, you just have to uh, this faceless army for your good guys to beat up until they get to the final boss, mm. and that's what they did here. Yeah, yeah, and it it just. It shows that the heels on Raw are no more than hot bodies to be beaten down by the shield for spots. Yeah. It's it's a real waste 
and it will condition audiences to not take those people seriously Absolutely. if you keep doing it. Yeah. Anyway, after this, Baron Corbin tells the Shield to vacate the premises, and some yeah, four police officers are there looking like. I guess developmental talent. <laughs> well, and the, uh, so the the argument was that like if you don't leave the premises now, and if you don't interrupt the show further, I'm going to strip Roman of the Universal Championship, and I'm going to strip Seth of the Intercontinental Championship. And then they were like, "All right, well that'll do," because they came down with um, axe handles. Because if there's one thing you want to do when you're being dangerous, it's to take off the dangerous part of a weapon. Oh, you don't want that. And just <laughs> you don't well, want. I mean, you don't want to hurt people. Well, I mean, in in the axe handles defense, you. you you want to, in the confines of a wrestling show, you want, you want to hurt people. You don't want to kill them. Well, then don't have axes then. Like, don't use axe handles. Just use baseball bat or something like that. It just, so. it just seemed really, like, and a woodsman wouldn't go like, I'm just going to take the, the axe bit off this because I, I don't want to hurt anything. But they're trying to chop down a tree. I, I understand, but I, I'm not saying the answer to rectify that is to leave the axe handles on. <laughs> no, well, I'm not. My answer to it is don't use axes or axe handles. Yeah. Just use Weapons, steel chairs, baseball kendo bat, sticks. kendo sticks, anything like that. They got you, well. The world of wrestling is full of loads of weapons that you can use. The Wrestle Talk magazine. <laughs> that is exclusively for Sammy Callahan. Though. No, no, no. I'm trying to make it the official paper <laughs> weapon of wrestling. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, at the Impact shows at the weekend, the main event was Sammy Callahan versus Jimmy Havoc in a barbed wire baseball bat death match. And one of the spots was Sammy Callahan gets out the Wrestle Talk magazine. Crucially, from an Asda bag for life, because we yeah. were we were there popping because he had an Asda bag for life. I didn't see he had the magazine, <laughs> and then he pulled the magazine out. And we were like, "It's the Wrestle Talk magazine!" And then he yells, "Support, Support. Wrestle Talk!" Gets out, uh, like rips some pages out. You know, it's a collector's item. He shouldn't have done that. And gets the, uh, uh, the staple, staple gun. gun and staples him to Jimmy's arms and the head. It was fantastic. It was funny. Uh, I've forgotten where I was. I was I was back at MediaCon for a moment there, living <laughs> we're, in our glory. We're still on a bit of our come down from, yeah. from MediaCon. Oh, like a genuine come down. I yeah. feel exhausted. I mean, you were you slept through your alarm this morning because yeah, you're yeah. still so tired from it. Well, yesterday I didn't really sleep even overnight because I still had loads of adrenaline through me. I'm not used to doing anything in front of loads of people. Uh, but yes, back to back to the show. We'll talk about that more on the podcast. Mm. Uh, so next up, we got Nikki Bella versus Ruby Riot. Well, before oh, that, sorry. we saw earlier in the day the Bella Twins walk into their uh, locker yeah. room that had been oh, defaced by the Riot Squad. They'd written two things on the wall. It was it was insanity what they did. What a riot! I know. I like it's it's a safe version of a riot, but I, I would get a kick if they walked in there and it was like f the Bellas, <laughs> like. Some John Cena jokes, a big yeah. penis, and yeah, yeah like a pro- proper toilet graffiti. Yeah, when it was just like Nikki smells, and yeah. like it, it wasn't fearless; it was like fear more. Mm. And it was like it was really, really rubbish. Yeah, rubbish graffiti. Someone should have just done a big dump in the middle <laughs> of that room in a sandwich, and just says like, <laughs> like sort of Alice in Wonderland logo, eat me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was it was very lame. Attitude era, here's her dick in your face. Yeah. Now era, here's here's some like slightly mean words on a wall in I, your face. I didn't make this comment last week, and it was kind of like explained a little bit this week. But do you know why why were the shield arrested last week? The official uh, reason they were given was for inciting a riot. And I said to myself, <laughs> it's what the riot squad do every week, isn't it? Why aren't they arrested? No, they're trying to. <laughs> it was 
attempt to incite a riot. I would never say it actually goes to riot plan. They do sometimes push over bins. Yeah, or cut a man's tie off. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not go too far. They're just trying to incite a mild like confrontation I say, I feel. Yeah, confrontation seems too strong mild confrontation squad yeah. yeah like if if the if the riot squad were at high school there would be bullies that bullied them oh yes yeah totally yeah. uh also big shout out to the bellas acting on uh, <laughs> on, on seeing these you know these really offensive words <laughs> on the wall uh, it was like to be fair like it was a mild attempt at a confrontation, yeah. and they they received it appropriately. <laughs> they reacted They're like, "Ooh, they reacted." That's not nice. They walked in and like, oh, "This is a bit." I mean, I might have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put a deposit down on this room mm. to change. Actually, no, it's the venue's responsibility. WWE yeah. will cover it. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably, uh, we should be fine. Yeah, yeah. It'll be okay. But that big dump in the middle of the room is, <laughs> is starting to smell. Yeah, that is really bad. I was I was looking forward to that subway. So, but to be fair, uh, you know. The, the Bellas are just really getting on my nerves. Not for, not as people, but just the way they've been inserted into everything since SummerSlam. Very, very uh, crudely so. Mm. Uh, this was this was fine. This was I yeah. really like Ruby Riot. Yeah, uh, I actually thought was this fine. was a a solid match. Like there was nothing wrong with it. It was better than the tag match yeah. they had last week. Nikki is the better of the two, I would mm-hmm. say. I agree. And um, yeah, I thought this was broadly fine. And the commentary just spent more time talking about how awesome the Bellas are and how successful they are outside of WWE because that is why they're getting a push. It's because they're, they've got a wine or something. They've got a clothing or something. They've got a YouTube. They've a got an baby. Instagram. Two reality shows. So, like, it, it's so clear Vince McMahon is just like, God damn, they're great. Look how awesome they are outside of what we did for them. God, let's just let's push them to the moon. That's why Ronda's, you know, the champion. It's and indicative of someone who hates wrestling <laughs> runs the world's largest exactly. wrestling promotion. You know, he said it. He's been saying it for twenty, nearly thirty years now. We're not a wrestling show. We're an entertainment show. He thinks that Raw is a variety show. Mm. It's it's variety at the Royal Albert Hall and. That is what he presents every week. So it's it's no it stands to reason why Nikki Bella is always winning and why they're pushed this. And that was so Nikki wins this match. It goes like a you know fairly decent amount of Through time. Through a commercial Through break. Through a commercial time. And Nikki wins. And my first thought at the end of this is like, why should I care about them facing at Super Showdown? Like at the start of this match, I was like, well, Ruby's got to win, right? Because the tag match, like the Bellas won the tag match last week. So if Ruby gets a win over Nikki, that's a big win for Ruby there, considering how much they're putting over the mm. Bella Twins. That does a lot for Ruby, does a lot for the Riot Squad, and it builds some intrigue into their match at Super Showdown, where the Bellas are teaming with Ronda Bloody Rousey. But yet the Bella Twins are winning in a three-on-two handicap at the moment. The Bloody Riot Squad interfered in the match, and Nikki still won handedly. And... And I was like, now you're going to oh man, what they're going to do at Super Showdown when they have the women's champion and the baddest woman on the planet on their side. Yeah. Like, why could anyone care? Why should we be invested in this? Well, I, I suppose uh, Super Showdown will set up an angle uh, where Nikki maybe turns on Ronda. Yeah, but that, that's to fine. To set up that evolution match. That's but grand. I, I, I've yeah, got no problem with that, saying. but then, like, I don't care about the match that precedes that. I totally agree. Uh, after that, we got a... 
a very nice Connor the Crusher segment. It was very nice. Yeah, where Big Show was on stage and he had a lot of uh, people who had su- survived pediatric cancer. I do or not, I do not like in. crying at 5 a.m. <coughs> when I get up to watch this show, but that has ended up what happened here because I, man, you bring out kids who are very ill. Like I did the, the, like that Connor the Crusher video package. Oh, yeah. I remember the one they did for when he was like the Hall of Fame one. Yeah. Oof, I was alive. making a bolognese at the time then. The, the onions. Um. <laughs> but yeah, this was lovely. Uh, yeah. And Big Show, <laughs> Big Show got them a cheek pop. Because <laughs> he said, by the way, they're all from Louisiana. Yeah, like everyone was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, they're from here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. <laughs> I didn't care previously, but now I do. But again, like as lovely as this is, they should really be used for angles. <laughs> like who's running in and beating them down? You still want Kevin Owens to powerbomb one of them off the stage, don't you? He's responsibility free. <laughs> He's going to say he wouldn't get in trouble for it. You know, it. like, what I saw is Super 4, Braden the Punisher, Diva Supreme. But like, they, they just part-timers. <laughs> they come in. They get put over to the moon. Yep. Big Show endorses them. I mean, they're... Who, essen- what stars are they getting over? Essentially, they're the kid version of the Bellas. Yeah, they're not going to be here next week. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's very sweet. Being, it's lovely. Being facetious. Yeah, don't leave. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Undertaker and Triple H got a video package recapping previous week there's a lot of video packages then we got the authors of pain beating uh, well then, first off it was drake drake maverick backstage yeah then, they're them not up. the authors of pain anymore oh did i miss that they're just they're just called aop now so like their name bar says aop oh. drake maverick refers to them as aop and the commentators only ever called them aop so it seems like the authors of pain has been shortened to simply just aop which is so less cool than the authors of pain so less cool. Why? Like, why Why can't they just... Kids, they can use both. Kids haven't got off. time to remember three words. They've got like hashtags to do and stuff. You need to shorten this down. It's like when Green Arrow was just called Arrow. This show is like, Green Arrow takes up too much Twitter time. You've got to just do hashtag AOP. Yeah, there's a... Well, Twitter have increased the character limit. Authors of Pain is still too long, man. Well, anyway, uh, Drake Maverick psychs them up backstage. And he's not... Hopefully, we're going to see week by week he'll be wearing less, <laughs> a few, fewer items of Authors of Pain cosplay and more his own gear, which yeah. is that fantastic suit. Because he didn't have the jacket on, but he did have the sort of camo trousers and a vest. Yeah, Drake um, tweeted in the week because a lot of people were obviously making fun of him, bec- and for right, you know, for every right reason as well, because he did look ridiculous in that outfit. And he did tweet like, "Anyone who thinks that I look ridiculous in this outfit is clearly wrong." And I thought to myself, "Well, Vince McMahon clearly thought you looked ridiculous because you weren't in it this week, were you?" Yeah. Well, no, I think if Vince did think he looked ridiculous, he'd keep it on him every <laughs> week. Doing it. But you see Drake's it's uh, cover new photo. Twitter cover it's profile. It's so yeah. funny. It's amazing, because it is the Authors of Pain, and you can just see the top of his head. <laughs> I think, considering what happened later, I think WWE are finally like, we're paying all the 205 Live guys, and like no one's really watching them. Maybe we're not getting the money back that we're investing. So... Let's just start pairing them up with very large people because they're small, right? They're smaller guys than the, the, the bigger stars we've got. So it will make the big stars look even bigger. You've got Drake Maverick, who's quite short, with the huge Authors of Pain or AOP. And then later, you've got Leo Rush with the huge Bobby Lashley. Yeah, 205 Live, like, oftentimes doesn't crack the top 10 things watched that week. In fact, old pay per views will sometimes outrank. 
to a five live on a weekly basis. Uh, so yeah, so maybe they are just looking and going like, we're paying these guys a lot of money to essentially do nothing for us mm. because their tours aren't selling. No one watches the show. No one's invested in watching the show. Let's, let's have them do something. And the show, the matches are really, really good. It's such a Amazing, shame. Amazing, yeah. But yeah, it looks like it's going to turn into manager developmental. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, yeah, but the Authors of Pain beat some jobbers, some local enhancement talent here. One of them looked like he was an albino, hmm. which was a fun look. And Super Collider, love the Super Collider. Great finish. I hope they just have... Let's just get through this this weird few weeks of multiple shows and then as soon as Survivor Series build hits, Authors of Pain go into a proper program. Yes, That's what let's I want to so. see. Uh, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy video package. The same one we saw on SmackDown last week. Yep. Then Triple H arrives in a very long limo. Well, backstage. of course he is. He's a star. Mm. Everyone else doesn't get that treatment. Walks, Kevin Owens has a rental car. <laughs> walks past the police officers who are still standing there from throwing out the shield earlier on. And just smirks. <laughs> uh, you have no authority yeah. over me I gay. am the authority uh, He walks into the ring and he talks about I, I like this promo I thought he lost his way a bit at the oh, start yeah. I felt like he said uh, Like Undertaker was scared Three or four times But just changed the order of the words around And it wasn't Scared was the Undertaker Yeah, And it wasn't like the way where You just do it to drive home a point it was the way where I'm stalling for time until my mind can remember what the next bit is. Which is a skill that Shane McMahon probably could have learned, as opposed yeah. to just standing there blank and like, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's my line? Duly noted. <laughs> um, are the crowd going to keep chanting? Are they going to let me talk? Uh, but yeah, I thought this was a good promo. Yes. He said that like, that you know, all these legends were talking about like who's going to win, and of course they all said the Undertaker. But like that opinion doesn't bother me because they're all wrong. But one person who was rattled by one person's opinion was the Undertaker. So rattled was the Undertaker by Shawn Michaels' opinion, he showed up to Raw and he showed up and he confronted uh, Shawn Michaels about it. I, I love I love this yeah. idea because Triple H is the. What happened last week where Undertaker looked so cool because he was like, I'm going to retire. You're like, you've stayed retired because you're scared of me, Shawn Michaels, and I'm going to bury Triple H as well. Awesome. But what Triple H does, he comes out here, he flips that whole dynamic on its head by saying everything Undertaker talked about was actually from an insecure place yeah. in The Undertaker. And you're like, oh, that's a fascinating idea. He only showed up because... He's scared. Yeah, and he had this amazing line as well with some brilliant WWE rewriting of history. He was like, we had that four-match series with The Undertaker and effectively all of his mystique was gone. The streak died, and the streak died two years later. Yeah. But the streak died after that four-year series and you've never been special since. And that's all down to me and Sean. Mm. That's a great bit of line. I like that. He's going to put The Undertaker down for good. Yeah, this is very, very good. Very good. Um, I think the build for this match has been brilliant. I I just wish it they did this more often for current stars. current stars on proper pay per views. Yes, but uh, yeah, I think I think. But you know what? You good. just ask too much. Hey, you demand too much from this company. Sometimes. They give me good stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but I wanted it this way. <laughs> uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre had their tag team title rematch against the B team after this automatic rematch clause. Yep, uh, and this is like. The like I, I said this at the weekend. It's the wet fart after after a, a big poo. I guess I, no, that's the wrong way. 
because oh god i don't know it's a disgusting analogy yeah is this what they do on cultaholic is this what you're allowed to say I'm on their channel potty mouth after <laughs> talking to ross uh no it was it's just like it's just such a damp epilogue no, to is, w- yeah. when the story's already wrapped up the title changed happened that was hot but oh let's just have a rematch from the the last week so oh okay we're gonna see b team kind of hold their own again yeah uh uh, and yeah, uh, Axel's worked over from the start. Dallas, Bo Dallas got a brief hot tag that was really good for about five seconds, and then it's back to True and Dolph working him over again. Yeah, um, and they they hit their claymore zigzag and retained. I'm calling it the Zigmore. Zigmore works, yeah. Yeah, I, like I mean the they Zigmore. don't have a name for it; they just call it the claymore and zigzag. This was all a, a just filler to set up Dean and Seth running in afterwards and they attack them and Baron is furious backstage he's like I banned I dismissed the shield from Raw I was going to strip you of your titles if you came back and Seth and Dean are like we're not the shield we're Dean we're just Dean and Seth yeah and then Corbin has this amazing moment goes like that's just semantics yeah which is great uh, And but he's, he's right though it's like oh yeah the shield are really badass aren't they Getting around it on technicalities. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's like Corbin slips here and sort of alludes to the fact that he was the one who got them arrested last week. But it's like, oh no, I didn't. I didn't say it like that. And Seth wants to know who was it that got them arrested last week. So I wonder if as this now a storyline they're going to tell over the next few weeks of who got the Shield arrested last week on Raw. Um, although, to be honest, really, my big question out of this was just like, what happened to the revival? Like the revival, oh, yeah. like the revival had a tag team title shot last week against the B team, and then they got beaten up by Mackendolf, mm. and then we're not here next week to get their like to get their revenge, and they're not on the pay per view either because Dean and Seth are getting the title shot. So what's gonna happen? What's happened to the revival? There's bigger stars. Well, There's I guess so. Yep, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, they uh, this this went into a fun skit. I'm going to say it was fun because I did enjoy it where Seth like brings on uh, the local sheriff because he accuses Corbin of falsifying a, yeah, falsifying a police report. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you did that. So maybe the sheriff can help us out. And this was just like the Shield's way of getting the upper hand again. And then they like Ambrose and the police chief walk outside and they have a thing. And, and Dean quite funnily, but like funnily says uh, next. what What is speeding? Is yeah. there like a suggested speed in? Because I need to get places fast. And then he said, next time I'm arrested, I'll, I can give you a call, right? But although that is funny, I don't really want Goofy Shield. I was going to say, this was stepping into that line of Wacky Dean again. And I thought we got rid of Wacky Dean when he made his return and he was all super serious and mm. shaved-headed and that. But it wasn't was, full-on wacky. It but wasn't like, full-on wacky. It's like it, it's a dangerous stepping stone. That's what stone. I mean, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a fine line that he can often fall into, and this is WWE. They could go, and just fall right back into wacky Dean mode. Uh, and I just thought, like, oh, Seth, I know he's the architect, but, oh, Seth's like, yeah, by the way, I'm an expert at law now. <laughs> yeah. Here's the police chief, got us out of prison last week. Like, I just, the, this isn't the character, this isn't what the S.H.I.E.L.D. are. So they're the hounds of justice. Yeah, like, but that's too like they're meant to be vigilante, not working very closely with the authorities. Oh, Batman worked very closely with the vigi- uh, with the uh, the police. So this guy, this sheriff is Gordon, is Gordon right? Yeah, and yeah. and Seth is Batman. Okay, I would just I would just prefer it if uh, WWE understood Dean their is, own anti-establishment characters more. Dean is Robin, mm-hmm. and I guess Roman is Barbara. 
Barbara no, Gordon. Roman's Batman. No, De- see, Seth's the leader. He's clearly no, Batman. Roman's Batman. No. Roman's Bane. I don't know. Roman's everyone. <laughs> uh, All of them wrapped up into one. Roman's Superman. What are we talking <laughs> oh, yeah, about? Yeah, maybe he is yeah. Superman. Absolutely, yeah. Helena Cell recap from uh, 20 years ago, yep. uh, which was that tremendous video package. It was just, awesome just with incredible. Terry Funk being, uh, using Terry Funk in there. These were all old interviews anyway, because you had Jericho on there with his old haircut. Um, but it was still, it was you know good use of those old interviews. Very much so. Then we got uh, another video package of Kevin Owens returning last week to attack Bobby Lashley after that hot one week absence after quitting, which was, you know, very annoying. And he's got a match here against Tyler Breeze. They split this up at like they interspersed a few yeah. segments into this. Like Kevin Owens came out for the match and then they did all of that Shield stuff mm. and the video package. So I thought, man, Kevin's been out there for a long old time waiting for this match. Yeah, and I, I like I like that. I like when they set up a thing and they're like, oh, we're going to go to this other thing because it makes the viewer more complex and you know, like you're, you're cross cutting between action which is which is mm-hmm. very good for creating tension but I, I felt they're doing it this was wrong <laughs> this is like I, I like the concept but this was uh, incorrect execution of it yeah but uh, Kevin Owens comes out Tyler Breeze comes out for a match uh, NXT's Tyler Breeze at the moment well yeah he is had yeah. a few matches down there as is Luke Harper at the moment he turned mm. for the NXT championship um, uh, no, it, North American champion. It was a North American yeah, championship. Yeah, okay. um, but yeah, this was um, Breeze coming out, and like Cole even called him Prince Pretty. So, yeah. and he didn't have the Fandango version of the music; he just had his own version of the music, with complete with the proper intro and everything like that. And I was like, "Yeah, let's use this guy. He's very good." I never thought I'd prefer the Breeze Fandango mashup more. But, no. that, well, oh. but when it, when it what, you know there's the intro and yeah. then it goes da, 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 da. I can't shake that now that's in my head I like it yeah it's you and memes mm. that just have that stuck in your head all the time um, but uh, Kevin Owens hacked uh, Breeze as he was making his entrance and then he did the powerbomb onto the apron spot and then cut as you would expect from Kevin Owens a very very good promo Kevin Owens is one of the few guys in this company Joe's another one of them yes. that can take these like yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. take scripted material but make it sound like it's off the cuff He's very, very good at that. Makes it sound more natural than just reading words off a page. There was one line in particular where he was like, uh, you know, aggression. He listed three words, like three A's of Raw that he's going to bring to it. And yeah. I was like, that is such a crappy WWE line. But you don't even notice it's a crappy WWE line yeah. because Kevin Owens delivered it so well. It was a good promo with that line aside, but very good content because he he explains that he left Raw... But Baron Corbin was on the phone to him, begging him to come back. You're such a big star, yada, yada, yada. And Owens is like, I'll only come back if I can... I'm not responsible for what I do to people. I can do whatever I please. Yeah. He's not being held accountable for anything that he does now. And he says he's going to run roughshod all over Raw. And he's going to start with Bobby Lashley. Because Bobby Lashley was the one who injured his best friend, Sami Zayn. If it wasn't for Lashley, my best friend would be at my side right now. And it's just a shame that there was that Kevin Owens Braun Strowman feud in the mix of all of this because if you went from Sammy Lashley straight into Owens Lashley you wouldn't have all the problematic stuff of Owens being fed as a comedy jobber to Braun and you could go you could turn a real life injury into something quite quite a hot blood feud yep uh, hopefully that's where they go now um and th- so this to me seems like they're going to transition Owens into a more like his prize fighter gimmick Mm-hmm. And but 
I've been burnt too much. <clears throat> yep. And I feel like it's actually all going to end with him being fed to Lashley. Oh, 100% that's where it's going, yeah. yeah. We're going to get another one. Like, hey, you remember his match at SummerSlam? I mean, it's easy to forget because it was a blink-and-you'll-miss-it match against Braun. We're more or less going to get the same sort of thing with Lashley, it feels. Oh, I, you know, I hope not. Um, oh, but it's just, Lashley's got a new manager now. Yeah, it's just WWE... Uh, they're, they're very good at setting things up sometimes, but there's a track record of, of really missing stuff out, particularly yeah. with a certain group of guys that you want to get behind, and Owens is one of them. So although this is good, I just, I, I, I'm just i struggling to enjoy it because I've just got the doom of what might happen hanging over it. My man. My man. <laughs> I'm enjoying that now. <laughs> I, I tore it to shreds last week. I said I didn't enjoy it, but we've... I think this is much it, of... We have made ourselves enjoy it. Much of finding joy in WWE as an adult is making your own fun. Yeah. And that's what my man has become. I, I even like it when Lashley says it later. Yeah. He nearly just breaks Leo Rush's back when he taps him on the shoulder. Yeah. So it's a bit of context. When we were driving to our, <laughs> um, our dance lessons, that's all we did. We just came up with different versions of my man, the three of us. And we were making ourselves laugh. And now when I hear my man, it just makes me think of that car ride. Yeah. And now I'm enjoying it. It's because we were driving and we were talking about how stupid it is. But we got stuck behind this van. <laughs> and we're like, my, my van. van. And then it just like, we just went on from there. Like, my fan. <laughs> my ham. My dad. And it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. So we like that. Yeah. Uh, we then and got- we want to get that over, by the way. So if you're still watching, start commenting my whatever. As long as it rhymes with man. Yeah, so it rhyme like with man, man yeah. yeah. Um, we got a video package for AJ and Joe, and this is my first time of seeing the Ooh Wendy thing. And it's the first time, and this was actually pointed out to me over WrestleMediaCon weekend. By it, Datsun, yeah. By Andy Datsun, that you've been saying it wrong this whole time. I've been saying it right in my gimmick. <laughs> like you said in the review, this is exactly what he said. But you said it wrong. I, did, I never said this is exactly what he said. I just said he opened with, Ooh, Wendy. But that's not what he opened with. It's, Ooh, Wendy. I know. Ooh, Wendy. That's not what yeah. you do. I know it's your not what ver- I do. Your version is funnier. Yeah. But it's just it was weird because this was my first time seeing it. And I was like, oh, Ollie's been doing this wrong. Ollie's been <laughs> doing it how Ollie wants to do it. <laughs> It's so funny because Andy Dadson, our, our website writer, when he was at Wrestling MediaCon, was a little bit upset by the whole thing. He's yeah. like, every time I see it, it drives me nuts because he's doing it wrong. He struggled to let it go. And that's <laughs> only going to make me do it more. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, he made me laugh. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable beat yep. The Ascension next, which was good. I like Roode and Gable. Love this I team. like them winning. Yeah. We had this same thing last week, though. Give them a new team. Yeah, was it the Ascension they beat last yes. week? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot. What's the point? I forgot which team they beat. Yeah, remember they, the Ascension did that awkward promo. Oh, before. that's right. Yeah, recording like a duck butt or something. Yes. A sawed-off duck butt. Uh, but there, there was it was an interesting layup to the match. Chad Chad gets most of it and he's worked over a bit. Hot tags Bobby. Bobby runs wild for a bit. Just as he's setting up for the glorious DDT, Chad tags himself in blind tag. Hits Chaos Theory for the win. What does he call Doug's Chaos Theory? I don't know. I, I mean, I just I always write Chaos Theory in my notes. It's a rolling German. The rolling German uh, at the corner, pin, yeah. Which is just awesome. Such watch. a great move. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't think anyone could do it as good as Doug Williams. And mm. it turns out I was wrong because Chad Gable's very, very good at professional wrestling. Well, I guess 
being shorter, does that help you out? More? Oh, I'd have thought so. Yeah, because yeah, it probably helps with the roll through. Yeah, uh, but Bobby, Bobby essentially got blind tagged out of his spot, which is usually used to create dissension. But he didn't. He looked like a bit confused for a second, but he was immediately very happy that Chad had won the match yeah. for them. So nice seeds of potentially where they might be going with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just, you know vary the competition well what other competitions have they got I suppose there's Titus Worldwide the Revival Titus Worldwide Heath Slater and Rhino oh, it's not Rhino. stellar competition but yeah you don't have to have them face the same people all the time yeah Franken team Mojo, Rawley and Jinder Yo, you don't want to bury Jinder <laughs> and Mojo do you we're giving them pushes point. I think remember when Mojo had that push on Rawley beat um, No Way Jose for like 12 weeks in a row and Bobby they had a little feud I don't uh, then we got a E People's Choice Awards little vignette. Yeah, it, I'm, I don't know, mate. I, I, I zoned out on this bit a little bit. It, it just it seemingly went on for a long time, but I proper zoned out. So WWE are nominated for three categories, and they ran through all the nominees in these categories. I think it was uh, they started off with best reality star Nikki Bella. Oh, oh no! Actually, I suppose she won. And then they had. Best Game Changer of 2018. Ronda? Nia Jack. No, what? <laughs> In terms of what? What game has she changed? She changed, see, she changed the game in your snares. No, like, no, no. What no. game is she changing? You see, Luke, she is a proud, non-traditional, uh, <gasps> shaped woman for a WWE program, and that empowers people. Who else was nominated? Uh, I don't know. I mean... You can look at the pictures of the people to, <laughs> to get a sense of right, the okay. cynical Fair enough. Uh, thing. Like, it's okay not to look perfect, is essentially... Fair enough. That they've, yeah, they've done that and they've called it Game Changer and it's absolutely patronising. That, that is any... awfully patronising. Yeah. That's really, really awfully patronising. To say, oh, just because you don't look like everyone else that we've been putting on TV for the last 100 years, you're a game changer. That's that's awfully patronising. It, yeah, it's quite that's, intellectually insulting. That's gross. And it's it's more uh, it's more like WWE are one of the, the leading proponents of creating that body image over decades. Yes. And, and now they're like, yeah, but we're doing it differently now. <laughs> Way change. Rewriting history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Raw was uh, nominated for... For what? Best. It was like, I don't know, best entertainment show, and it was in there with Walking Dead. I was like, okay, fair <laughs> enough, Walking Dead is also kind of logically flawed <laughs> a lot of the time and frustrating. Uh, but yes... Just, 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 were, just. Were Glow not available for, like, know. best show? Does I it have to know. be on cable television? I have no idea. I don't care either, really. It's the E People's Choice Awards. People are stupid sometimes, and it's E. It's, it's well, I suppose, like, and... Nikki's on E, because that's what Total Divas is on. Bella's as well, yeah. And Bella's, yeah. So I guess and that... Naya is on Total uh, Divas. Yeah, I yeah. suppose, actually. So that maybe makes sense then, and they've just got the connection with WWE to put them in there. Maybe yeah. it all makes sense, but really. But the, the commentators were putting it over like crazy. Did you see, when we were fetching images earlier for Raw, did you see one of the galleries on there? I did not. Well, Naya Jax and Nikki Bella were in attendance at CurvyCon. Curvy Con. I had no idea such a thing was on. Was that what was competing against Wrestling Media Con? Like you could go to one yeah, or the other. Yeah. Uh, and there was a little photo album from that, and it just seemed like a panel discussion. And it was like Curvy Con. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. These are things sponsored by, and it was like brought to you by. Was like, oh, okay, it's just a big marketing exercise. 
Cool. It's all, yeah. it's, so Mac Dolphman were backstage after this, and Baron Corbin is kind of apologising to his fellow heels, saying, you know, because... Seth Rollins has a law degree now. I've got to give you, got to give well, them think, a title difference. What I like this is that Seth, uh, Baron didn't say that was the reason. Mm. He just like, hey guys, like you know, I've got my reasons for why they didn't have because Baron would have been in trouble with the law, and he didn't want to just blame it and didn't want to like say that I'm saving my own skin here. So he's like, hey, I've got my reasons. Like you know, there are things out of my control, but they've now got a tag title shot at Hell in a Cell. So it's going to be Dolphin Drew versus Dean and Seth. Which is an announcement that I would have liked, I think would have been a lot more effective at least, done in the ring. And, you know, we're going to fight you at... But yeah, I guess narrative. Well, narratively, you just set it up better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you would deliver it. WWE! <laughs> narratively, you would just set it up better. Uh, Braun, this is the first time, for me, I could be totally wrong though, because I do tune out a lot of stuff, <laughs> that Braun said that it's going to be Helena Cell with him and Roman. I'm almost certain that's been for the last couple of I weeks. I swear it was always at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm wanting to be wrong there. And then he goes, I'm off big dog hunting. And Baron's like, what does that mean? He's like, what do you think it means, you idiot? Of course he's going after Roman. He's going to beat up production staff and, and throw around just, pipes. Yeah, Cause more of a riot than the Riot Squad mm. did. Because they're right on the wall. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Natalia teamed against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. And, well, Alicia Fox accompanied them to the ring as kind of like... Uh, a camp disco ball sailor. Yep. Whatever she was wearing. I mean, it's th- at this point, there is no need for Alicia to be out there. Mickey's with back. Them. Yeah, I was going to Mickey's there now. We don't need Foxy with the team. You but... know what? At least they've they've committed to it and they don't just, <laughs> they haven't just dropped it. Dropped it, yeah. But just like, have Ronda brutally injure her then yeah, and, and write her out of the team that way. Yeah, so they don't really need to... Be, uh, she doesn't really need to be there. There was a funny moment at the start of this, though. So it, was, it started off with Natty and Alexa, and then Natty tags in Ronda, and Alexa legs it across the ring to tag yeah. in Mickey James. And Mickey just has the look on his face and like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that I, was really I, nice. I enjoyed this match. I yeah. really like uh, uh, Bliss. There, there was a spot when... So Natalie's being worked over. Bliss goes over to Rousey and just slaps Rousey on the apron. Yeah. And Ronda goes, no. <laughs> and, and runs after her, yeah. chases Bliss around the outside. Bliss runs back into the ring, straight into uh, Natalia, who kind of picks her up. And Ronda Rousey runs back in and does a kind of heart attack they, thing. They do the heart attack. They put yeah. it over. It's like, what a lovely tribute to Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I thought it was an awesome spot. Why wasn't that the finish then? Uh, because, I, because, so... Come back after the break, still working over Natalia. Hot tag's made. Ronda runs in, but they don't actually go the hot tag route. Bliss and Bl- Bliss and Mickey James get the upper hand and work over Ronda's ribs. Yeah, they're putting it over that she's going to have injured ribs because Alexa threw her into the stairs last week. So Ronda's not going into Hell in a Cell 100%. Yeah, and that's and it's it's needed. Like Ronda is has that kind of Braun Strowman esque presence. Where how do you beat her? She's mm. been built up so strong so to give her a weakness some an injury to work around helps play into the story makes it buy into bliss possibly winning more and i like this as well because they're putting it over that ronda's the baddest woman on the planet but alexa is smarter and so like ronda's this sort of hot head that just wants to go in and throw hands but alexa's kind of like working around this and i think that's actually quite a nice little story to tell to go into the match yeah uh but ronda uh, makes mickey james tap with the armbar and the as they're celebrating Alex just runs in and does a little super kick thing to, to her ribs. ribs. Yeah. Now I I really I like this match because 
this was the most organic anyone was cheered on the show. Oh, when yeah. When Ronda got in and she started getting worked over, the crowd were down, like, really, like, Ronda, Ronda, willing her to get herself out of this. I was like, that's a star reaction. Yeah. People are emotionally empathetic here. When you push people as stars, they get oh, over yeah. as stars. Like, I, I go back to this one a lot. When they debuted The Shield, they debuted The Shield as stars. So you lose like, for, like, six months. They were like, you need to, like, pay attention to these guys. These guys are stars, and they are going to... you you were going to want to buy these guys t-shirts like next week that's what that's essentially their debut they said you're going to love these guys Ronda came in they were like you are going to love it you are going to want to buy her t-shirt point like I've wanted to buy a Ronda t-shirt because I'm like I'm so into Ronda and I think she's awesome mm. because they pushed her as a star and she feels like a genuine star totally they can do it when they want to um, so on this variety show yeah uh, the and afterwards backstage they Charlie Caruso yes. has an interview with Natalia and Ronda. And Ronda had a pretty good pro. It's like, great. Very short. Short and sweet. Yeah, just I've never pulled out of a fight. Like, you know, I don't care if my ribs hurt. Yeah. So my one little change I'd do is I really liked Alexa Bliss winning with the arm bar mm. and looking at Ronda. So why not sell an arm injury? And, yeah. And you, can, and you can tell the story of Bliss is going to meet beat Ronda with her own move, like the ultimate insult. Yeah, that's good. And then, like, you know, you can have a spot where Ronda is in the armbar, she's crying, but then she, like, brings it oh, back and lifts the big her power up bomb and thing. power bombs yeah. her out. I mean, they'll yeah. probably still do that spot, like, but it's... But um, it's not the story, it, though, yeah. No, yeah. I know, yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte video package. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braun, Becky, Becky's the best. Yep. Yeah, uh, Braun then running around, beating up random people backstage, screaming for Roman. Then we got the Elias and McFoley segment. And at the end of that segment... Uh, Foley says Stephanie's let me book one match and that one match (laughs) well yeah this is the thing so like we didn't really get into this at the start but the whole point of the reason why Foley is in Hell in a Cell is because it's the 23rd he lives just down the road from Connecticut so he went to Stephanie McMahon's office and they don't have this good relationship but he wanted to have a role at Hell in a Cell and Stephanie was she was so gracious so gracious that she let him have this moment. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Steph. To have this moment inside Hell in a Cell. So it's got actually now to do with Roman and Braun. It's just got more to do with Stephanie emasculating Foley even more. Um, some things never change. Uh, but also, yeah, she also allowed him to book one more match, you know, just because she's allowed. Thank you, Steph. Thank you so much. And this is what he decided to do was to book a alliance against, and I quote, the extraordinary man who will do extraordinary things, which I'm pretty sure they said about 12 times in the space of two minutes in this match. It's, it's my least favourite of the monikers that they give people. The extraordinary man who's always on hand <laughs> to be randomly booked into a match on Raw. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... Yeah, it's Finn, but Finn, the way they use Balor is so lazy. When did he last have a storyline? When did he last have a feud? Mm. He's just been used Baron. for other people's matches. And a few with Corbin. Yeah, I guess so. That, that guess went so. on like five months or so, didn't it? Yeah. And then before that, it was... I feel like that was a very background thing. Oh, it's totally a background thing. It might as well have been on the pre-show. Um, like, when was Balor's last feud of substance? I suppose that would be the Seth Rollins-Miz three-way thing, which is actually very good. Yeah, I suppose. But, so that's, that, you yeah. know, that's months ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... The, the, God, I've got... One match I can book. <coughs> oh my god! And I'm involved in the Braun Strowman Roman Reigns storyline. Elias, Elias and Finn Balor. <laughs> it was. I I thought it was a bit of a slow match. I felt the crowd were quiet as well. Crowd weren't amazing for the night, but it they had a lot of video packages to sit through. 
I, again, I don't think it's the video packages because they weren't this loud. They weren't that very loud at the start of the night. Again, like last week, they just popped for the stars. They popped for Triple H, they popped for Foley, and they popped for Ronda. Mm. And that was more or less about And the Shield. And that was more or less about it. Well, it uh, wasn't a good show. Like it WWE wasn't a good gave show. them very little to very to little, get come absolutely, alive for. yeah. And this is it, it, this the crowd reacted to this for exactly what it was. It was a throwaway match that's uh, towards the end of hour three, and they, you know they're tired, they're out, of, they're out of steam, yeah. and it was a pretty boring match. Balor misses the coup de gras, but then rolled up Elias, and he won. Not much of a match. Elias looked like ah, oh, damn it. Uh, oh, this is really gonna just, like. Stop my career moving forward now, I guess. I just both guys being used very weirdly at the moment. Yeah, like this is the other <laughs> thing with Balor as well. And again, as I said, I've not seen SummerSlam, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've seen the oh, AJ, well, actually, I've seen the AJ <laughs> Joe match. But Balor, from what I can gather, had one yeah. of the cooler moments of it. He came out as the demon and beat uh Corbin in like 60 seconds, right? Yes, yeah, well, so, yeah, it was, it was quick. Yeah. So you meant to be like, whoa, what a big moment for Balor. And then he's had now out, out of the back of that. He lost to Elias the week following, if I remember correctly. So it was honestly. Oh, lost to Corbin, rather. It was honestly one of the best moments and, and sort of showcases at SummerSlam. And it's just like uh, the Royal Rumble, where he stayed in there for ages, or that great match with Seth Rollins at the start of the year as well. And it, it's in that same group as Kevin Owens, where WWE keep setting up stuff where you're like okay i'm here i just need you to follow through with it and then they just do get distracted th- by they, bella twins yeah they get distracted by bella twins or they just scrap it after a week and start booking them into repetitive feuds because after that finn bella had a cracking match the next night finally got his universal championship oh that's right with roman, with roman right, reigns yeah, yeah. and you're like okay summer sam one of the best moments next night Goes the distance with Reigns and just misses out on the title. There were moments where the crowd thought he would win off mm. a sling blade. <laughs> it was a, it was a really fun like match. Tenner, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just they've done nothing with him. So that that's my earlier comments about Owens, as promising as it is. Like, there's no track record of, of no. WWE following Absolutely. through with this stuff. Bobby Lashley in a clip from earlier in the day. Yeah, and then Leo Rush walks in. So he's working out in the gym, Bobby Lashley. And he's got his, his big headphones. headphones on. And, like, Leo Rush comes in and does some Leo Rush stuff. Like, talking about he's the man of the hour, he's this and the other, and he's, like, hyping him up. And then Bobby just goes, you not see him working out? And then Leo's like, oh, I thought I could be your hype man. He's like, well, go on then. Well, Bobby Lashley's, like, angry. And then when Leo says that, Bobby whacks him on the back and goes, my man. <laughs> and then starts training again, and Leo motivates him. Yeah. So, so is, is Leo Rush now Bobby Lashley's manager? Certainly seemed that way to me, or a hype man. Uh, and that's like, that's a good idea. A good idea. If Bobby's not treating it like it's... That's he's, the problem. If, he, if Bobby's going to treat him like he's some dork that's just following him around, then that's not a good thing. But right. if it's like he is a legitimate hype man and it's a good role for Leo, because Leo's also a very solid wrestler, he's a very good wrestler, in fact, you could do lots of stuff with that. But if, if Bobby's going to treat this like a joke, then... I'm not into this. Yeah. Because I just feel it it just buries Leo then. Yeah, I don't know who's looking at Bobby Lashley and saying this is a comedy act guy. Because that's what we've got him for the last, like, well, since the sisters. Since he debuted. Since the sisters. Yeah. Uh, But Lashley is kind of getting over to to a degree, but it's just, he could be so much more. Yeah, I know. And the main event was Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Uh, Braun calls out Reigns, still can't find him. Reigns appears on the announcer's table 
and they they have a brawl. They why didn't Roman just come out when he called him out? Like it was really weird that he was like Braun comes out and he calls out Roman and Roman doesn't show up. And I'm like, what was? Mm. Like why aren't you coming out to fight this man? You're like you're fighting him in six days. Come on out. And then eventually he did. It was just really odd that he didn't come out when Braun first challenged him. Also, and this is a very minor point, so I just, but I did want to make mention of it. When Roman was challenging for the Universal Championship, he was just like, this title, this title needs to be on TV every single yeah. week. It, was barely feature- it wasn't featured last week. It was barely featured on this show as well. I forgot he was champion at one point. He doesn't even carry it, does he? And he had it at this final segment, oh, but like, I, you wouldn't have seen it because the cameras barely showed it. Mm. Uh so yeah, the, and Strowman goes up to meet him on the announcer's table. They brawl. This was so unorganic as well. This was hilariously so WWE. Mm. Because Roman comes out and he stands on the commentary table. But because they're going to do a spot with the table, the commentators weren't there. They'd already moved to a new area. And you could see them on camera occasionally, not facing them and looking at monitors, just like in sort of like a little backstage area. Because they were providing commentary the entire mm. time. And it's just one of those weird things in the world of WWE where you're like, this is fake. Yeah. And I know this is fake. Yeah, and you, that, that's the and worst thing you can make re- wrestling see. Yeah, you're not hiding this from being fake. Like yeah. Michael Cole and Renee Young and Corey Graves are acting like they're at the commentary table, but we can see they're not. And now we can also see them not even watching the action. Renee's officially on the, the announce team now. I know. Well, I, I made this joke yesterday, but who are we going to make fun of? Because coach has gone, book has gone. We've got no one to make fun of on, like, for making poor commentary choices. Because Renee does a solid job. I I can't make fun of solid Renee. I don't know. I think solid would imply g- good, gooder. <laughs> it would be gooder if it was solid. I think this is acceptable. She is. She is on commentary. I can. You, can that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's there. She is on commentary. Yeah. She'll she'll grow into it. She'll eventually, you know, she'll she'll work it out. But but no, it's but it's not like even if she does work it out, and I think she she's probably already there already. That the confines of that role of the third person on the announce team, we, we're going to end up hating her eventually. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm, I'm still hopeful for Renee because I really like Renee. And I, we hated and, Coach. We hated Booker. Yeah, I know. She's but just going to turn into re- a Todd Phillips or a why, Michael Cole. The reason why we don't like Coach and the reason why we didn't like Booker is because they just said stupid things that added nothing. Like, they thought, I'm saying something really smart here, like Coach with his word of the mm. hour or Booker saying, like, you're looking jacked, man, you know, all these sorts of things. Like, these are things that we were just like, that's a really weird thing to say. Like, but Renee is just... She's just there. She's just there to say words, and she says the words fine. Like yeah. there'll be nothing. There's nothing about Renee, and I don't think I'm not sure that I'll be Renee. That will be like, gosh, she is like Kevin Kelly come to Raw, or we're never going to say she's just as bad as Coachman. So, so sometimes I find beige more offensive than luminous green. <laughs> okay, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you were more of, uh, offended by the people who were dressed like just in regular suits at Wrestling Media Con, but Dave Meltzer in his fluorescent green jacket, you were I like... I loved it. Loved that, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Good at choice there, Dave. it's something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want another Michael Cole on that commentary team. Yeah, a uh, female Michael Cole, no less. Uh, so it's... Yeah, that Roman and Braun, they... Braun moves onto the announcer's table to slam Roman through it, but Roman reverses, gets Braun up in a Samoan drop position, and goes off the announcer's table off the stage and through like this covered area that was gimmicked below which was a great spot great spot but like the crowd and me watching just went oh that was that was cool 
Yeah. But like, there's no real emotional response there. No, like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see Helen a Cell. Oh, my God, Roman just put Braun through this thing. It was just... Mick Foley's the referee. Yeah, it was... Huh. Yeah, that was that was cool. Okay. That's because I feel, again, that this show has become a lame duck, we just need to get past this. Because the what they're more interested in is building the shield versus the dogs of war. So all the build has been around these six men fighting each other, not... Roman versus Braun inside Helena Cell at the pay-per-view for the company's quote most prestigious title. Like it's just it's there. Like this show is just there. And there's not really a great deal to say about it. <laughs> and it's Helena Cell. And it's Helena Cell. Which is like should be the biggest blow off to a feud, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you said Dogs of War just then, I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool name. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is the... So <laughs> yeah. maybe it will get, maybe yeah. it will like it. I, I think the problem is more fundamental than that. I think people are not invested emotionally in Roman as a babyface, nor Braun as a heel. When he was cutting the promo at the start of the show, I really was like, ah. I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. This, is, this feels like the past. This yeah. feels like last year. Like there's no, it's not like Braun has gone heel and that's a progression of his character. It feels like a reversion and not in a good way, like Tony Soprano becoming an asshole again. It's it's just he's gone back because he needs to go back for the story. But really it should be character that drives story, it should be yeah. the other way around. He has turned heel because the S.H.I.E.L.D. need opponents. Yeah, so it's like you've got this one guy who people will organically, inv- and I've said this before, people will organically invest in him, Braun as a babyface. And really, they're organically invested as Roman as a heel. And WWE don't want that to be the dynamic. So they've changed those roles around. And it's creating in just visuals where you're not really caring about anything because they're in the wrong position. Hey, man, that's just the story you're reading. It's just it doesn't that's not necessarily the story we're telling. Mm. But they, I mean, they have been telling that. They have been telling the story they're telling. But the the characters are in the wrong positions. Yeah, tell that to Road Dog. So I thought this was, you know, a bad show. Um, yeah, but there yeah. was nothing on it that was offensively damaging. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I gave it a poor. Like yeah. if it, it would have to be actively damaging to someone if it was a bottom so i yep. give it a low two out of five yeah i mean i got a tweet again this morning uh, several of them to say this was the worst roar of all time it people re- said that last week i know but it, and again <laughs> like and that week. and that wasn't that certainly was my last show was actually quite good yeah but this wasn't the worst roar of all time either it was just it's a pretty boring show but i liked ronda i thought triple h's promo was good I thought foley's promo was good um i mean i'd have given it a two out of five as well yeah yeah and it, it, i think People are annoyed that it's Hell in a Cell. This is a go-home show. Yeah. And actually, last couple of pay-per-views, the go-home shows have been okay. Like, well, that's you, because they've go, been, come, yeah. they haven't had Evolution or mm. Super Showdown that they're trying to essentially compete against. And that's only going to get worse when they've got the, the Saudi show mm. in um, November that you're also going to be competing against because you've got to try and push matches for that as well. Yeah, it's... Uh, Nice one, WWE. You raised your own standards and now people are annoyed when you trip under it. Mm-hmm. Not that it was that high in the first place. Do you want to tell me more stories from Wrestling MediaCon or do you want the, the jogging email? Just let me do a, a, a few quick shout-outs because the, there were three people in particular who it was just... Because, you know, we, we sit in a room all the time uh, and just send these things out there. And to be honest, I just assumed no wrestlers 
watch us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they do, it's through gritted teeth and oh, these little scamps. These little scamps yeah. reporting things. They've that never taken are, a bump in their life. They have no idea. They're using insider words. <laughs> yeah. So are you essentially saying that Taz watches our show and is just getting really annoyed? <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's, you know, we, that's not call we, out Taz. We don't want to broach that there. <laughs> we don't want to join the group. Yeah. All the other, you know, when we did the Internet Darling show, there was a, became this whole topic of conversation about everyone's interactions they've had with Taz. It was a support group for people <laughs> who have been terrified by Taz over Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, because if you don't know, we did a uh, the Internet Darlings panel two with Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret and Adam Machiti from Cultaholic and Matthew from Botchamania. And Brian started telling these stories like about this, these interactions that he'd had with Taz and these DMs that he'd had from him. And then, of course, Adam Machiti was like, oh, yeah, I also had some messages. I had a bit of a, bit of a run-in with him for comments we made. And then, of course, Matthew had his run-ins with Taz. So all these people all of a sudden had all of... It became less of a what-do-you-think-about comments and more about, like, what interactions have you had with Taz? Well, we actually haven't had any interactions with Taz, though. But even without that, I still just... My mind was in the default position of... uh, Wrestlers don't watch us. Yeah. If they do, they probably think we're stupid. Yes. Uh, because you know, these guys have never taken a bump in their life and they're talking about my art form. These guys are using words they don't understand. Yeah. Uh, apart from Keith Lee, <laughs> who, who, who was just very, very lovely. But, yeah. you know, he was, he's Keith Lee. But, yeah, we uh, we get to the the convention. We're sitting round in the, in the green room area just having some lunch. And the Impact people arrive. And Sue Young... Is just like she comes over and says hi. I'm like, oh hi, nice to meet you. And I just thought she, you know, because everyone it's the etiquette you you say hi to everyone. Yeah. And then she kind of walked round the the buffet table and then came back and just stood near us. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe she feels awkward because the no not many other impact people there yet. So maybe she thought I'll stand with these people. Yeah. They, and, these guys seem nice. Yeah. And then she goes, I watch you guys all the time. <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> And this is like, I know two people that really want to do videos with you. And we knew, like, I knew one of them was Sammy, because Sammy Callahan, because he'd already messaged us in the week and said he wanted to do a video with us. And I was like, who's the other one? She was like, Rich wants to do a video with guys. We were like, whoa, Rich Swan, really? Yeah, and that was almost like Rich Swan had heard that from across the convention hall, because then he just appears out of nowhere and does, like, shouts, support! Wrestle door <laughs> and runs over to us in his little like hoppy motion, yeah, and you know says hi to us. God, they those two were just balls of energy. It like was, you, you couldn't stop them. They are they are a very funny couple. They <laughs> um, like so. Sue is also. I mean, she's such a little sweetheart. She was one of the nicest people I met all weekend. She was so lovely. Um, I saw them after the show, like when we were saying goodbye to everyone. I was like. Guy, you know, it was really nice to meet you. Like, oh my god, it was so nice to meet you. Like, like, let's stay in touch. Like, if you ever come over, let us know and things like that. And I was like, yeah, I want to go home. And then it's like, have you played the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I pre-ordered no. it. It's, it's at home. I've been wanting to play it. I haven't played it. And they're like, oh, my God, you guys got Fire Pro yet? And I was like, no, no it doesn't come out until later this month. And they're like, oh, it's dope. You're going to love it. Dope. It's- that was the word they kept saying, dope. But um, I asked Sue because they just landed. I was like, oh, how was your flight? She's the only person in the world who has ever said, oh, it was so much fun. Mm. Like, oh, did you watch a movie or something? She's like, nope, I just put my headphones in and I just bobbed around and I looked at everything. I was like, at what? Like, like two minutes and you've looked at everything there is to look at a plane yeah didn't she also say like and I was sitting there to moose as well so that's always fun <laughs> yeah. you just imagine moose like shut up Sue stop bopping around stop bopping. will you please stop <laughs> and uh, yeah like she's I, I've got this theory now that, uh, <laughs> that all the most 
evil characters in wrestling, like Sue Young and Sammy, they're actually lovely in real life because they get all that evil energy out through the performances. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Sammy was really nice when we spoke to him. Mm. Um, we didn't. We were going to film something with him, but unfortunately we, we couldn't make it work in the end. Um, but he did give us a little bit of a shout out during the main event of him, oh which we God. talked about in the in the show. Uh, yeah, we brought out the WrestleTalk magazine, started stapling it to Jimmy Havoc. I that was just amazing, and that, that you said I didn't hear it at the time, but I've watched the clip since. Just before he staples the first page, he goes, "Support WrestleTalk." <laughs> he just staples <laughs> it. Oh, it's it was brilliant! Because so, when he brought the magazine out, me and Andy Datsun, who's like one of the website writers, we were like, "Oh my god, it's the WrestleTalk magazine!" Such a cool surprise. It just prompted me to shut up my Alan Partridge job. It's a good paper. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I was. I was watching Jimmy. Because I was like, oh no, I want to see Jimmy's reaction. Jimmy's in trouble. He's going to get paper stapled to him. I didn't know it was the the magazine. And so everyone else had already popped for the magazine. A few spots later, I go, oh my God, it's the magazine. <laughs> and I start telling everyone that we're we're with, because we're all, you know, either yeah. work or are fans of WrestleTalk. And yeah, they were like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd we already clogged that. that, yeah. Stop jumping around. Yeah, but we also want to thank everyone who, ever, who came up to our table yes. uh, during that. In particular, two of them we want to give a... a shout out to I mean unfortunately that's uh, the, uh, we're going to call him DX because I genuinely have just like his name's completely escaped me well, so you, you're introduced, so nice as well yeah we're introduced like so many names but then the names only happen once yeah and then like we can't ask for the name yeah it's like sorry what was your name again yeah yeah it's, you don't want to be that person so I do apologize like, I, I did hear it a couple of times but it genuinely has escaped me um, but he was hanging out with, with Dan and it was almost a competition for like which one had come the furthest yes because Dan had obviously flown all the way in from Germany and this other guy had a hell of a journey like it was like two ferries and a coach and a train and a bus it was a, it was a lot of commitment it was very impressive but only from Ireland so as the crow flies not as far so distance covered Dan wins mm-hmm. but time spent to get there DX wins. Yeah, absolutely. Please get in touch, DX, and yeah, tell us it was who, so your actual name. But we don't know if he's a pod swafter. He might just be uh, a YouTube guy. He yeah. might not even hear this. And um, the other people that we wanted to mention um, was this lovely couple. Actually, no, there was a guy who came up to us as well that mentioned he was a pod swafter. Actually, mm. a few people, but he came up to us specifically to tell us, like, I'm a pod swafter. Yeah. And we're like, yes, we love you guys because you're, you're our favorite people. We just feel like we've got the best connection with the pod swafters because we're in the ears. We can talk about stuff that isn't wrestling. Well, exactly, yeah, because on the YouTube channel, we have to stick to the topic, otherwise people stop watching. But on the podcast, we can talk a bit more freely. People like rambling. Exactly. The this, they get they enjoy the ramble part of the wrestle ramble. Um, but yeah, he came up to us and he was like, I'm a pod swafter and I'm really... I, I used to watch the YouTube stuff, but my commute's longer now, so now I just listen to the podcast and I'm like, damn, dude, you're cool. But we did meet this lovely couple on the second day who had taken time out of their honeymoon. They'd gone on a detour on their honeymoon to come to Wrestling MediaCon. Yeah. It was, that was crazy. Oh, it was crazy. And you got them the best honeymoon gift you possibly could. Love. <laughs> well, they already had I sat, sat and let them take a picture with me. <laughs> For free, like everyone else got to. No, go on. You, no, don't, don't be humble about this. I just got them into the show. The, well, the wrestling show that was on. We asked them, I was like, you know, are you going to watch the, the Rev Pro show? And they were like, no, we could only really afford to get tickets for the Impact show. So we're going to watch some of the panels and then go to Impact. And you just out of the blue was like, I can get you into the Rev Pro show if you want. And they were like, yeah? And you were like, yeah, give me two seconds. And you just, you ran off, you spoke to the guy, came back and you're like, yeah, you just got to stand at the back. Don't tell anyone. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm a big deal. You are a big deal. Just make that happen. People recognize you. People know who you are. So I thought that was a really nice gesture from you, man. So I thought that was a really sweet thing. But yeah, no, thank you to anyone who came up to say hello or ask for a picture to be taken Mm. at any point in the convention. It was was lovely to meet everyone there. My my favorite interaction made, well, no. We were the least least well-known people there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there was one guy who, you know, we were talking about, oh, you're going to come to see, actually, it was the father and son combo who was the first ever magazine we signed. That's right, yeah. Because they come to the wrestling shop last November. And we wrote in there, this is the very first yeah, magazine yeah, yeah. to be signed. So I knew I recognised them. I yeah, just yeah. couldn't place it. And I said, oh, so you're going to see the, the, the dance-off later. We need your support, guys. And he was like, oh, does it clash with any wrestling? And I went, the NWA, t- the NWA match might. And he went, ah, no, then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, is anybody yeah, good? Well, Honestly, no. I'll, I'll be watching the wrestling. Yeah, I said, yeah. Yeah, that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, nice. jogging. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's get on to the jogging story. Um, maybe if we've got a little bit of time, we'll talk more about the the, the dance itself. We've got but... no time. We have done this three oh, times, yeah. Luke. Yeah, I was going to say, peeling the cover back. There's a power this is... cutting issue, and yeah. we've lost this outro three times. We have told. <laughs> <laughs> we have told the Sue Young, <laughs> Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan story like four to, times To now. each other. Oh, my God. We were looking at each other when I... When we were... <laughs> <laughs> After the second time, the power went out and we had to redo this again. I was like, come on, third time, once more with feeling. And you went, I've got a theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you go back and listen to this take, if the power doesn't freaking cut off again... <laughs> love this studio this temporary studio uh listen to my snigger when i say i've got a theory (laughs) (laughs) it gave me the eyes it made me laugh anyway so you might recall from last week uh we had an email in an agony arts request uh from a uh, female pod swafter who um was the fiance to a Swathmation member and a, a member, member and a pledgehammer because they had some Agony Arts requests. <coughs> we couldn't really read really out in full context because it's, we're a, a clean podcast, so we replaced words with jogging. And that's become a bit of a running gag now. Yes. And I'll be honest with you. Well, it, it's literally a running gag. Hey, nice, good work. And when I got this email through, and it just like the subject line was just jogging. I was like, oh, okay, someone's emailed in with another Agony Arts request, or maybe someone's just, hey, man, that was really funny. No, no, no. <clears throat> Hello, Luke and Ollie. As you asked, I am the other half of the jogging story. Oh, I haven't heard this, by the way, so I am experiencing it. We haven't recorded this bit four times already. <laughs> We're actually reaching new parts of yes. this podcast now. Just to confirm, it is a 100% true story, and we did genuinely want your help. Okay, so here's where we go. This is my side of the story. I can't believe this is being played out <laughs> on our show. <laughs> this domestic debate I know. about, yeah, about right. jogging. So here we go. We both agreed our jogging life was becoming boring, and obviously I was more than happy to add a third party. What lad wouldn't be? That's the way he puts what? it with an interrobang. Being a good fiancé, I did as I was told and went to meet the number three. Had a wicked time, jogging, and then we rejoined as a group. 
to jog together. At the end of the day, she said I could, so I did. I agree with you both. She made the problem but suggest, uh, by suggesting it. She made the problem by suggesting it. And I'm just as awful as you two at reading subtext, so what's a fella to do? I love her a lot and wouldn't like this argument to ruin our relationship, so your advice is appreciated as always. Thanks. Right. Hmm. I mean, so, so yeah, that's... Uh, we can't change that it's happened, can no, we? No, absolutely not. And uh, as, as long as the lady partner understands that this... That, that us guys sometimes can't read subtext... We're very bad at that. Yeah, we just hit... That's the, the, apparently, that's one evolutionary theory for why women are a lot more susceptible to crying in emotionally sh- stressful situations. It's literally a rape defence mechanism. Hmm. Because, like... Uh, back in the day, caveman days, men would not know when to read not to do something to someone. So that's why tears happen more naturally for women. So that's, yeah, that's a... Uh, Crikey, that went in a dark place. Yeah, that's it? a bit of science theory, dropping bombs, trying to awkwardly get back to the subject because I think I went too far. You're um, hoping the power cut's now, aren't you? So we can record. (laughs) When you need a power, where's a power cut when you need one? (laughs) And yeah, so that's happened. So hopefully the lady partner can understand your side. However, that email seemed a bit not understanding of her side. Her side a second time round. Yeah, so you you shouldn't treat this as a victory for you. Absolutely not. You should just go, ah. I, that there was, there's been a misunderstanding here. That's a shame. Let's both admit to each other that we're both kind of wrong in a way. Doesn't matter whose fault it is. And then you can move forward in a loving relationship. Let's learn from this. Yes. This, I don't want to say mistake, because mistake seems like a very ha- a harsh word. But let's learn from this experience. Yes. And grow as a couple from there. I mean, you're engaged to be married, for cripe's sake. Like, you want to clearly love each other you clearly want to have a lot of fun you clearly want to jog together for the rest of your lives the marathon of love exactly so yeah let's let's all learn from this and let's move on i'm hoping the next email we get from either one of you is pictures of your wedding mm. or you know i don't want to not the know, honeymoon not the honeymoon i i just want to see um just you you two being nice and happy together if you would like sammy callahan's opinion on that <laughs> Let us know. Which you nearly got. <laughs> you genuinely nearly got. That's what we were going to record with Sammy Callahan. We were going to do agony art with Sammy Callahan. Yes. Because I had a couple lined He's up a to do it. master of agony. He is, he is one of the master of the agony arts, but oh, we just couldn't get it worked out. Instead, we got um, Sue Young to mist Laurie. Oh, my God. That is a story for the next podcast Isn't tomorrow. It, just, it really Because is. that mist does not come out easy. <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't me. Uh, well, it was his. It was Laurie's idea. I know, but if oh, you man. Put, if you set up the table, you're going through it. <laughs> but we're going to close it there. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we will see you tomorrow, where we'll dive into that story a little bit more and any other tales from our time at Wrestling Media Con this past weekend. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for SmackDown, which is being headlined by Brie Bella versus Maurice. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.